Welcome to episode 21 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. If you're a new listener, we would really appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. And if you're watching on YouTube, it would be a big-time help if you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. All right. This, this is going to be fully loaded, everybody. One. As of Sunday, May 30th, 2021, just when you thought the Toronto Maple Leafs were finally going to win their first playoff series in 17 years, They've done it again, everybody. They have done it again. They had a 3-1 series lead on the Montreal Canadiens, but now have lost back-to-back overtime games. The series is now tied at three, heading to a game seven, and Leafs Nation is absolutely terrified. And quite honestly, most of Leafs Nation, they're used to this now. It's just rinse and repeat. And we are going to get into everything that has gone down over the last couple of games. And I promise you, you want to stay tuned for this one. But before we get into all that, it is time to welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore. How are you doing, man? Well, I wish I had a better answer to the question of how am I doing, but I think it goes unsaid. I don't think I have to tell anyone how I'm doing. Uh, but it's going to be a fun one. You touched on it. Uh, episode 21. Shout out to uh, Leafs legend and Hall of Famer, Boria Salming, whose uh, number is in the rafters uh, at Scotiabank Arena. Little side note, uh, my wife's Swedish. We spent, spent some time in Sweden and Boria Salming has a very popular underwear line in uh in sweden why so, am i hey, not surprised by that Look yeah cool. i grabbed a few pairs solid underwear from a uh, borea salming Love so it. shout out to uh borea and uh let's not waste any time bruno uh let's get right to it let's have some fun today let's get right into it man so everybody i mean the last time we talked like i said the leafs had a 3-1 series lead it was looking great um they were basically dominating the montreal canadians like ever since the moment that john tavares went down got stretchered off the ice. You know, that that was a tough situation to bounce back from. But the Leafs seemed to rally behind that and ripped off three straight wins. And I think everyone and their mother and their dogs and their cats all thought that the Leafs were going to move on to the second round. But since then, the Leafs, in game five, got out to a bad start. The Montreal Canadiens took a 3-0 lead And uh, it was brutal. I mean, there's really no other way to say it, but the Leafs dug deep and found a way to tie the game. Jake Muzzin, of all people, scored two goals in the third period to tie it at three and send it to overtime. Uh, But then, of course, being the Toronto Maple Leafs, gave up a two-on-O in five-on-five overtime. If you simulate that game, 1,000 times. If you simulate that overtime 1,000 times, Michael Lepore, how many times would the Leafs give up a 2-on-0? That had to be the one time in 1,000 times that they would do that. And, of course, it happens in Game 5. So Not to mention in the first minute, Bruno. Just just an absolute disaster. 
So then game six, Saturday night in Montreal, the, the big talk was all the fans coming into the building, 2,500 fans blah, in the blah, Bell blah. Center. Yeah. And you know what? You could hear those fans at the start of the game. Like, it was loud. Oh, for sure. All the Habs were fired up. For and sure. the Habs, honestly, they came out on fire. They yeah, were that was dominating. their best period of the series. Yeah, oh, for they, sure. They were incredible in that first period. That was the best I have seen the Habs play. And on the flip side, that is the worst I've seen the Leafs play in all six games. They look shell shocked. Yeah, maybe all maybe Bruno, maybe all season. Like that, that was just it was a train wreck, man. Yeah. Like I, I really do not think there is another way to put it. Like that was terrible. That was the complete opposite of what I have seen from this team all season. But I mean, they weathered that storm, and then it goes into the third period, still scoreless. The Habs scored two power play goals. And then the Leafs, just like they did in game five, found a way to tie it up and send it to overtime and then dominate overtime. Montreal literally couldn't even touch the puck in that overtime frame. The Leafs outshot them 13 to two. And then all it took was a turnover from Travis Dermott and Yasperi Kotkaniemi sends this to a game seven. Lapore, we have a lot to unpack here. Yep. I'm just going to turn it over to you right now. Just go for it, man. Just go. <laughs> How much time I got? Is uh, they as much kick- time as you want? Yeah, they kick us off the recording eventually because we're taking up too much, uh, too much data. Um, you asked me months ago when we started this podcast or when we decided to start this podcast what I think a good title would be, and I kid you not, everyone. In about three seconds, it took me about three seconds to come up with the title for this podcast gluttons for punishment because if you are a toronto maple leafs fan you are without question a glutton for punishment very 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 easy for me to come to that title and the toronto maple leafs had an incredible season the take all year was that this team is different this team has some solid defensive players this team can score we have a number one center who won the Maurice Rocker Richard trophy scoring the most goals in the national hockey league. What this series has reminded us all of is that this team is still the Leafs and everybody knows what I mean by that. There are those things in sports that don't need any explanation or they can't be explained. I'm sure they're just that those moments that make you roll your eyes, face palm, and there's different teams that go through this, but challenge me out there if you're a fan of any other team who's experienced this more than the Toronto Maple Leafs, but things that have no explanation that just kind of happen. And if you go back on this series and look at the events that have taken place, this series has been so incredibly, quote unquote, Toronto Maple Leafs. And maybe it's a case of we didn't have to face much of that this year. Like I said, we had a great team, a great regular season. A lot of the questions that we've had from previous uh, seasons have gotten answered. And maybe I guess it's maybe just coming all at once and it's coming in one swift kick in the nuts. But like, let's, let's look back at certain things. Like we talked about it last week, obviously John Tavares is getting injured. The types of goals Montreal was scoring out puck, possessing them then the three to one lead and the thinking that this is different. What happened over the last two games is virtually impossible, both in the way of actual math 
And just in the way of sports, we quite often on this show, Bruno and I laugh and talk about hockey gods. Okay. Hockey gods. Like Bruno touched on our first period yesterday was absolutely fucking terrible. Terrible. That may have been the worst period the Leafs had all season. My buddy texted me after that period, a little panicked to how bad the Leafs were playing. I felt the opposite because there was that thing in me that says, no, now they're going to win. Because again, hockey gods, you have no explanation. Montreal was getting their chances. One wouldn't go in for them. And maybe I have the mindset of a Toronto Maple Leafs fan because had it been us peppering the the opposition with 100 shots, I'd be waiting for the other team to score. So the fact that we got out of the first period tied at donuts, I was pretty optimistic. Yeah, think okay. about it, Laporte. That never happens. Never. Right? When when the Leafs go through something like that, you would think at the end of that period it was 3-0 Montreal. Oh, and yeah. to escape that 0-0 was monumental. On the road, really too. On the road, too. What game, you would have, like, game over. And the fact that they got out of it, and Montreal can't be feeling that good about it either, especially they played their best period of the series, and they were tied at 0 I mean, this this I I forget the number. I looked up the stats or I looked up the stats. I glanced at the shot count from the second period on. And again, like these little things that have happened in the series. Look at the shot count from the second, third, and overtime to lose. To lose. Like it's actually hilarious. And then again, like the gods, these gods in sports, things that don't need explanation that we just kind of know from watching sports our our entire lives. Both games, both games. Just when does it happen? I'm saying this laughing. When does it happen that a team blows a three-goal lead in the playoffs and, and any sport, like any team that, that like crumbles at the end? And I'll go back to like the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. Like I would have bet a billion dollars on the Patriots going into the overtime. Like Atlanta had no chance. People ask me often how I was the night the Bruins came back on the Leafs in 2013. When that overtime goal went in, I didn't even flinch because, again, I've watched You knew hockey. it was coming. Yeah, I watched hockey and sports my entire life. There was no way the Leafs were going to come back on that. And, like, the Bruins have all the momentum, this and that. No chance. Us at home, I mean, there's no crowd, but at home, down 3 nothing, storm back. That happens. Like, a turnover, a turnover in the first minute. Again, quote unquote, the Leafs. And then for it to happen again in game six, when does a team come firing back down to late in a playoff game and then push even further, they dominate the overtime. There's no explanation anymore. There are so many things in this series that make absolutely no sense that are one in a million shots, all working against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is not me making excuses for my favorite hockey team. I'm just saying what it is. Like, I'll look, I'll ask a Montreal Canadiens fan, guys, both times you didn't feel good going into the overtime. You didn't. Come on, your team blew a lead. Like, all the momentum's with Toronto. Come on. And you could even see, Lepore, when when they were showing some of the reaction of the fans in the stands, they they thought the season was over. And honestly, quite frankly, I thought the Montreal Canadiens in specifically in the game six overtime, getting absolutely pummeled. I think they were just resigned to the fact like, okay, we gave it yeah, all we got. Kind of took the Leafs it. to six games here. We just blew another lead and we're about to lose. Our season's about to end. 
Yeah. I'd like, like to see that, the numbers. The, the fans just look like it was like it was done. Yeah. I'd like to see the numbers on the uh the zone time in the overtime. Cause like Montreal would just come over the blue line, shoot it, or put and Toronto would come back the other way. Like Montreal had nothing in that overtime. Nothing. Like again, two shots in the overtime. And the uh the first shot was a Toffoli one that Campbell just blockered away. And the winning one was off the Dermot turnover. Like no offensive zone pressure at all. At all. And it's just absolute, absolute madness. Like I'm gonna pull up pull up those shots. So yeah. The the la- the third period in overtime, the Leafs outshot the Habs twenty eight to ten. Twenty eight to ten, and 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 from the second period on, so that would have made it thirty four. So they more than two to one shot them from the second period on. And again, and I don't know, man. Like you tell me, how much? Like I don't see this as like a big carry Price series. Like he's been very good, he's been solid, but we expect that. But I'm not looking. I won't look if the Leafs lose on Monday. I mean, depending on how they lose, but I'm not going to look back at this series and be like, the Leafs got goalied. Like, I, I don't see it that way. Like, he's playing well, he's playing solid. But other than that, like, save he made on Marner in game one the on the two on one. Save on the two on one. Yeah. And then that's Spets one, but the Spets one they won anyway. The Leafs won anyway. So it's not like he's making all these saves. Like, I, I often say there's those saves that are good saves, but you expect your goalie to make. Like, he's making a lot of those. But I don't recall. I don't recall. Like there are weren't. There haven't been to me anyway. Saves it like that's a goal. Like that turned the series around or that turned the game around. Like what do you think with that one? I will say though, the thing with Carey Price is that he makes very difficult saves look very very easy. That's true. That that's what he's just so so good at. It's like you think that there's an opening. You think that you have a one time chance, and you have that split second. And Carey Price just calmly gets it back into the into position, makes the yeah. save, no problem, ho-hum. That's what he's very, very good at. Now, listen, I think Carey Price has been phenomenal in this series, but at the end of the day, this comes down to the players. And one thing that frustrated me, and I know this is just Sheldon Keefe sticking up for, for his star players, but it was after game five, he was asked about the play of Marner and Matthews, and he made a comment saying, you know, the... The production hasn't been there, but these guys haven't given up a goal. Like when they've yeah. been on the ice in this series, we have not been scored on, which is great. But at the end of the day, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner were two of the top five scorers in the National Hockey League this season, just in terms of point point total. Austin Matthews, like you mentioned, Lapore, won the Rocket Richard. At the end of the day, these guys need to fucking score yeah. in these big moments. There are no more excuses. I don't want to hear this bullshit about all these shot attempts and how much they're dominating play and all these high-danger scoring chances. We've talked about this all season, Lapore. The Leafs are masters of controlling the play. That's what they do when the Leafs have the puck on their stick and they're playing their aggressive offensive style. They're always going to out-possess, out-shoot, out everything the other team for the most part from an offensive perspective, especially when you look at the underlying numbers. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, that has to translate to actual production on the score sheet. It just does. And when you're paying Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner $21 to $22 million of your salary cap, and they have one goal in six games on 49 combined shots, that is just simply not good enough. 
So I don't want to hear any more excuses, but here's what I will say. The Montreal Canadiens, I think they've actually done a nice job limiting the time and space of Matthews and Marner. They're playing Matthews hard, especially. They really, really are. And I I think earlier in the series, Matthews in particular, it seemed like he had a little bit more room, a little bit more time and space to get his shot off. He had a little bit more quality scoring chances. But as the series has gone on, I think I think Montreal has has found a way to and I don't think they're in his head or anything like that but they're finding a way to contain him because when Matthews and Marner in that first line specifically is in the offensive zone Lapore man it, it just seems like there's no room out there yeah and Matthews isn't even skating well to be honest it's kind of weird like the burst yeah. isn't there the explosiveness isn't there and you know Matthews you know he doesn't skate like Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon but you know when Matthews is on his game this is still a dude who's 6'3". He has a long stride. He can yeah. move, man. He, he, he looks dialed look- in and he's when he's on, like to your point, and he's like not, it almost like he looks like video game-ish, how it's like he's on turbo and there's no stopping him. He's not going to lose the puck. He has not had that. No, he, he hasn't had that, especially the last like two or three games. It just hasn't been there. And, you know, I, I saw even some people on Twitter saying like, oh, Montreal's clogging up the neutral zone. To me... I think the Leafs are actually like moving through the neutral zone where, where I think they're just like completely getting nothing is when they enter that offensive zone. It's yeah. like the Habs are just keeping them to the perimeter. There's not a lot of things happening in, in the middle of the ice. And sure, there's there's going to be some opportunities here and there. Like obviously like the Spezza goal in front of the net. And, you know, the Leafs are still going to get their opportunities. But for the most part, from what we saw in the regular season and even in the beginning of this series, specifically for Matthews and Marner, the opportunities, Laporte, just have not been there. So, like, what's your take on 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 the play of those two star players, man? Because honestly, at the end of the day, they have got to come through in this game seven. Because yeah. right now, I do not have confidence in some of the depth guys in this lineup. As good as Spezza and Kerfoot and some of those guys have played, like those bottom six forwards are having a a lot of trouble generating offense right now. Yeah, you mentioned like Keith's quote and you mentioned how much money those two guys make. That boils my blood, man. Like when you're talking about depth guys and you say, yo, they haven't been scored on all series or throughout the series, they're tied. So we're playing for even on those third and fourth lines. I don't want to hear any bullshit about two guys making $22 million. You're not paying them $22 million to be zero, zero. Those guys have to be above zero. I want. I want to see in the pluses. Come on, that's a terrible, terrible quote. But I'm like you, Bruno, in the way that here we are with a podcast. But I think we're both fans who are very mathematical as far as fans go. We're very logical. Like sometimes you lose a game, you lose a game. The puck doesn't go in for you. But there is a process to this, to that, and you do get to a point where you don't care. You don't care. Like the takes like that used to exist back in the day, like in our childhood, the guys like the Sackicks, the Isermans, they came through in big games. And today's hockey fan would just point to those and say, no, they were just really good players. And the timing was right. And they capitalized in the big moment. And that is, take is still given but i think people are more mathematical now and more logical like i said to be closer to kind of like how we usually stand but i'm gonna go old school and say like i don't care like i want you to take this game by the horns this is an opportunity to shut everyone up 
this is an opportunity to move on to a second round. It would be them losing this game seven. I don't know the word to say how powerful losing that game would be. Not, and and this is deep, man. Like now I'm going to get deep as a Maple Leafs fan. Okay, going back to like, hey, this era, like the Shanna plan and all that. And kind of how I said before, how we're both logical fans. You know, I'll, I'll even go, I'll even go further. I'll, we'll do post lockout. The 2013 loss to the Bruins. I didn't lose a wink of sleep that night. That team shouldn't have probably shouldn't even been in the playoffs. That team shouldn't have been in a game seven against that Bruins team that made the Stanley cup final. When they lost that game seven, again, I think I'm a little more neutral and like objective and I hate to use logical, but I think I'm more logical than the average fan. I don't go on Twitter and flip out after every goal against. I wasn't too bothered by it. We lost to a better team in seven by the end of the day. And we, it shouldn't have gone seven. It happened the way it it was almost a blessing in disguise because it led to the strip down and the rebuild and the Matthews era, because that team just wasn't good enough. Like you said, that 2013 team, 2013, I actually have made the point that that collapse in the third period in overtime may have been like a historical benefit to the Toronto Maple Leafs, because if they do win that series, and then in the second round, a lot of people don't remember, they would have played the Rangers, and that was the Rangers team right before they fired Tortorella. So it wasn't too strong of a Rangers team. If that team ends up in the conference finals, who knows like who they sign or who, what trade oh, they make. could have got out of control. Because they would have thought they were good. Carlisle would have got this like crazy man. extension. It could have been a disaster, right? Now we're going way back. But then moving forward, people are like, oh, the Leafs can't get out of the first round. Uh, being a team of 20-year-olds and losing to the Washington Capitals, who won the President's Trophy, is not a devastating loss in the first round, everyone. And then again, the next year, losing to the Bruins, it went seven. And again, oh, now they're second-year players. Like, again, they lost to a, a stacked Bruins team in seven and lost game seven on the road. Even the year after that, there was the Cadre suspension. That year, I really did think the Leafs, deep down, had a chance and I probably even would have bet on them prior to the Cadre suspension. But again, you lost a set lost in seven to a good team on the road again, on the road. And it's funny. I always make the point like, and now again, we're going all over the map here, which will probably happened throughout this podcast. People talking about the Leafs team and saying, Oh, no heart, no character. They can't get past the first round. And then I'll quickly ask, well, the Boston Bruins, like how are they built? Are they tough? Do they have heart and character? Yeah, absolutely. And then I say, well, then how the Leafs push them seven. It's not like they got swept. If they would have been getting swept, uh, now we got problems. Uh, it went seven if it wasn't for Jake Gardner nightmares. So deep down, those games, of course, you're rattling. You know, I guess even, sorry, I forgot about Columbus. Another, a five-game series, and people forget about that Columbus series. They essentially had the same points total we did. Yeah, in the regular season, and they were one of the best defensive teams in the NHL last season. With it, with the next, bit, that that's important to to remember because a lot of people think, oh, that Columbus team was trash and they no. had no one. Yeah, no. from a, from an on paper maybe talent perspective, there was a big discrepancy. But when you actually looked at the numbers, they were one of the top three or four defensive teams in the league last season with a great goalie and Tortorella as a defensive minded coach. Like it wasn't it wasn't as shocking I think as people thought. And the Leafs had a bad season. Their lineup wasn't that. I hated that team. They went through a coaching change. Like yeah, it, it was and it, the the COVID layoff. Yeah, it was just pandemic. Weird. Like and there again, was a lot going on last season, right? Not, so you not even give them a pass for that in a way as disappointing as it was. Exactly. And I'm not, I'm not making excuses like through all these examples. I just I I saw those losses. As as like 
that could that those were possibilities that could happen and again like it's sports even if you are favored or whatever like things can happen this game seven is so important because like i will say it like of course the things have already started on twitter and in forums of like okay what would they do in the off season and like again to my point about last year when toronto lost to columbus everybody knew rd is shit like everyone knew like changes had to be made. Like this D was not good enough. Again, like I was barely bothered after that loss. I just knew that team wasn't good enough. Even if they would have got past Columbus, like where was that team going? It was just not a nice team by any stretch of the imagination, but this team objectively, like this team has forward depth. This team has a nice decor. Like I'm not saying, Oh, this is an elite decor. I hate to break to everyone. Like Morgan Riley's a good player. TJ Brody is a good player. Muzzin is a good player. Like if you go down to the depth, like Bogosian has had an excellent season. Like these guys, like you, think about it. Like Travis Dermott, funny after last night, we're talking about this, but he's a serviceable defenseman. He can't get in the lineup. Yeah. Shows you he how deep this team is. He like, can't get in the lineup. Justin Hall this year is the core I've seen in, in over a decade. If you point to Justin Hall, even if someone said, ah, Justin Hall is like average, I'd be like, okay, but you're pointing to one guy is like an average player. And if that's your point, and I'm not saying this D is a juggernaut. I'm just saying it's fine. Like it's, it's average to above average, I'd say. And with that forward group, that might be all you need or should be all you need. And then we can say whatever we want about Campbell. The numbers are the numbers. Like he can't, based on historical data we have of goalies, how much better could he actually like, be playing? Laporte, he has a 937 save percentage in this series. There you like, go. What more can what you, you ask out of what this What more guy? can you ask for? So like this game seven is so important because if they lose this game, it goes on two sides for me, Bruno. You know, every year, oh, what should they do? I'd be like, I have absolutely no idea. No idea. I even say to people, what's the worst contract on the Leafs? I know it's, it's, it's a tough question. Oh, Marner gets paid too much. Okay. So if a guy who's top five in scoring is making a million or two too much, I'd be like, yeah, there's not really an egregious contract on this team. Like maybe some people will point to the John Tavares contract saying even then, like even even then then. that that's stretching it. And listen, yeah, like him making $11 million. He's not the John Tavares from like five years ago, but I mean, you could look at a lot worse contracts around the league than that John Tavares contract. And again, I'd like to see, okay, John Tavares is a free agent tomorrow at $11 million if there's interested teams. Like, there's a line of interested teams. Like, let's be real. But anyways, like, on that that end, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. And that is more bothersome than anything. And it goes back to my thing of, like, the Leafs. That's the only answer. It's the Leafs. And there's that thing in me that's like, this was like the year. And I say like, not the, oh, this is the year. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. Like you need luck. You need bullshit. You need things to go your way. But let's call a spade a spade. A runway to the semifinal. A runway. And like all these things, all these weird things, like the Tavares injury, now Muzzin's hurt. We talk about like how these like weird shooting numbers that make absolutely no sense. It's just like this pileup of shit. That's just like, again, I don't have any other way to describe it, but it's just so Toronto Maple Leafs. And to my second point, all this, I think what's dangerous here. And I'll I'll tell the story about it. So after the game last night, my wife looks at me 
And she says, you're kind of freaking me out a little bit. And I looked at her and I say, why? She's like, you don't seem that bothered. It caught her so off guard that I wasn't like in shambles after a loss like that. And I think, and and I'll say it, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't scarred, Laporte. And I think at that point, we're all scarred after all the years of bullshit and the things that we have endured following this team, believing in this team. It just keeps happening over and over. It doesn't matter which players are on the ice. Doesn't matter who's behind the bench, who's in management. It just everything just seems to rear its ugly head at the worst possible time. Don't don't tell me they're not cursed. Don't tell me there aren't ghosts. And again, like her point of like the fear she had, the weirdness of the situation that I wasn't rattled. I wasn't surprised. Even at three to one, like this series being at three to one, there was that thing in me like, I really hope this doesn't go back to Montreal. Like, like I was expect I was expecting a loss. I'll say it. I hate to say it as a Leaf fan. Like I had a terrible feeling about last night's game. And he'd be like, oh, the positive, the positive spins of like, oh, who cares about the fans? And I'm like, no, it's that whole thing. of Again, I'm, th- I'm getting ahead of myself and thinking negative, but if they win tonight, well, now it's seven. <laughs> and again, you can always say that, but it's a fact that this is my team and this is what I've dealt with. And I think that feeling I had last night, because she was right, I wasn't necessarily rattled because it, 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 I was just waiting for it, is a bad, bad thing for, Le- for the Leafs and Leafs fans because there's nothing worse than apathy. Like, I'm not kidding, Bruno. If this team loses this series, and like, this, is, this sounds like overly dramatic and people saying you're being emotional after two straight tough losses, but it will change me as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. The, I will always bleed blue. I will always be the biggest Maple Leafs fan you'll ever find, but it will change me as a Maple Leafs fan because I will not care about anything, anything other than playoff results. I swear, I swear. I, I, I think I, I would get this feeling of like, or almost like this like path as a fan of like, I will never be optimistic ever again. Connor McDavid could sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs for league minimum. And be like, oh, who cares? I wouldn't even flinch. I'd be like, we'll probably be going out in the first round. Yeah, who cares until they win a playoff series. Until they Until they're on a run, like I'm not going to get interested or I'm not going to get excited. And that is dangerous. Yeah. That to me is very dangerous. Because I think a lot of people would kind of be like that. Because again, I listed all the things about this season. It's almost like if it doesn't happen now, and it gets about winning the this, fuck is it gonna happen? Yeah, when the fuck is it gonna happen? Like, guys, it couldn't have been like so. Think of the timing of all this. Let's say even this Canadian division would have happened during like the Kessel Leafs. It would have been like just bad timing in the way of like oh, I wish we would have had a good team now. No, well, guess what, everyone? We do. We have a great team. We we I really and truly believe, regardless of COVID or the divisions, this is the best Maple Leafs team on paper of my life. And they got put in this division with a runway to the semifinals. And this is happening. It's, this is happening. It's absolutely insane. And I went on Twitter last night, Lapore, and I said that this to me will vault above the 2013 Bruins 4-1 collapse. Not even as close. The number one unquestioned, most disappointing, most embarrassing, most pathetic collapse, honestly, in, in Leafs history. Like, to lose, this is, 
do you guys, does everyone realize this is a 24 win Montreal Canadiens team? They won 24 games in a 56 game season. A couple shows ago, I talked about how this is the weakest first round opponent the Leafs have faced just in terms of, of record since the 1996 St. Louis Blues. Like Lapore mentioned, the runway was there. It was on a silver platter. This is the best, most well-rounded Leafs team offensively, defensively, goaltending-wise that me and Lapore have both seen in our lifetimes. Honestly, I, I can't think of another team since I have been on this planet that has been better than the 2021 Leafs. I really can't. Everything was there. And people that know me, I'm a very logical person, okay? I, I love numbers. I love stats. I always use that to guide my decision-making, to guide my opinions, the way I think about sports in general, okay? And people that know me also know that I love fantasy hockey, and I like betting, and I join a lot of playoff pools, and I do this all the time, okay? And listen, being the Leaf fan that I am, and, you know, people... Sometimes we'll call us homers on this podcast because it's a Leafs podcast. But at the end of the day, I think me and Lapore are both very logical fans and we don't get carried away. We're rational thinkers. And I just want to let you guys know. Okay, so I enter hockey pools every single year. I never pick the Leafs in my <laughs> Never. Okay, so people that think that I'm this Leafs homer, I'm always thinking up here with my head, Okay. I, I plot out my bracket before the playoffs. And I, you know, going back to when the Leafs were facing the Bruins, right, in the first round, it was a difficult road to get to the cup final. You got to go through Boston. Then you got to go through Tampa. Tampa yeah. The team just wasn't quite ready. I, I was never that bullish on those teams, right? And even going back to last year, like we talked about, the coaching change, the whole Mike Babcock fiasco, the pandemic, it, all the injuries they had last season. It was just a complete shit show. Didn't feel comfortable about them last season either. This is the first season, Lapore, that I loaded up on Leafs yeah. in my playoff pool. Loaded up on them. I, I was so convinced that this was the season based on everything we saw, based on the opponent they're facing in round one, this Montreal Canadiens team that has been, honestly, quite frankly, a complete train wreck the last two months of the season. To your point about score. Montreal, to your point, they brought someone brought up last night. So inflated to an 82 game season. Think about this. This, is, this series is going seven. If we inflate the standings to 82 games, the Leafs would have finished 26 points and 16 wins ahead of Montreal, like 26 points. And, and there you Incredible. go. Like it, it's just it's insane. Like this Montreal team. They're just not good. Yeah, the, the Leafs the would have day, scored. The, the Leafs would. Have, the Leafs scored a, on average a half goal more, and they, they had the identical schedules. The Leafs scored a half goal more and allowed point th a, a third of a goal less on average. <laughs> like these are these two teams are not on the same planet. It's actually. insane. And you know what? I'm sick and tired. I don't want to hear this bullshit. The regular season doesn't mean anything. We can't look at it. Yeah, what yeah. are you looking at then? <laughs> exactly. Have now played each other sixteen fucking times this year. I don't want to hear this bullshit. That's a huge sample size. They've played yeah. 16 times, Lapore. I don't want to hear another fucking word from anybody telling me, you can't look at the regular season and you can't look at some of the stats in the playoffs. Then yeah. what are we looking at? Then what are we looking at, people? We're just going to ignore all evidence? You pick your favorite Wake team. Wake the fuck up. This is a team that has dominated Montreal all season. Okay, everything. They should win this series. 
They should still win game seven. I get it. I get it. It's playoff hockey. Crazy things happen. At the end of the day, this is a rubber puck that's bouncing around the ice. It could take crazy deflections. You know, goals are going in off guys' skates, off guys' sticks. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, you look at the rosters, you look at the depth, you look at the talent, you look at the underlying numbers, you look at everything from a logical perspective. The Leafs should win this series. So don't give me this bullshit that after watching 16 games between these teams this season, that you are actually going to sit there and tell me that the Montreal Canadiens are going to are a better team and should win this series. Like none of it makes any sense. And we're not saying though- it's an excuse again. We're just saying like it's the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's almost That's at this the only point, explanation. Like, there's, no, there's no explanation. Like, look at the other series. Okay. Colorado, phenomenal team this year. Amazing at five on five, star talent, depth throughout the lineup. Just annihilate the St. Louis Blues, a team that just won the Stanley Cup two seasons ago. Didn't matter. Colorado annihilates them. Tampa Bay, great team. They get Kucherov and Stamkos back. Florida Panthers, see you later in six games. The Hurricanes, they were favorites over the Nashville Predators. That series obviously went further than Hurricanes fans would have hoped, but they disposed of the Nashville Predators. The Vegas Golden Knights, who we talked about, that could be a, an up, an upset. We both thought that Minnesota had a chance to win that series. Yeah, I, I picked Vegas in seven. You had Minnesota winning, but that honestly could have gone either way. At the end of the day, Vegas won that series. Lapore, the teams that should be winning – this the all these series this season and think about it this is unlike any year we've ever seen right it's not it's not a year where you're playing a team only three or four times in the regular season you are getting a big sample size the leafs played the habs 10 times this season yeah, or because you can't of different divisions that stuff. or because of different divisions teams don't really have the same schedule no everyone's got the same schedule this year like the standings mean more now than they ever exactly. have exactly so that's yeah. why i i don't want to hear this complete and utter bullshit from people saying Oh, you can't look at any of that stuff. When you play a team 10 times, you you can't you would be foolish to ignore that. Yeah. That is a massive sample size in a 56 game season. And I get it. I know the Edmonton Oilers got swept. That was a lot closer of a series than people realize as embarrassing as that was for Edmonton, but at the end of the day, my my point is that all of these teams that should be winning, that we picked to win, that we thought were going to win, they have won their playoff series, Lapore. Yeah, as I was saying before, Toronto Maple Leafs who are now going to a game seven against a not very good Montreal Canadiens team. As I was saying, the thing again with Don Lecision giving the Leafs an 82% chance to win, that's essentially giving Montreal no chance to win. Because like, as we touched on, like it's hockey, things go off people. You almost have to give a team something because the fact of the matter is anything can happen. There is that element of luck and whatever. And guys, you can argue all day long. That's the math. That's the math based on all the data that's been accumulated. He essentially gave the Montreal Canadiens no chance to win. And again, it's not excuses. This we're just saying this is our team. <laughs> As far you mentioned, you mentioned the playoff, uh, the uh, the pool you did. I was doing my nephew's. His hockey team had one, and he was. It was for the regular season, and he was picking all Leafs. And as he's doing it. He's like, okay, Matthews, Marner. I'm like, okay, okay. He's picking. I'm like, yeah, they're going to score. But what caused us the pools? He picked Anderson. Oh. And even to his friends, even at the time, I'm like, uh, Vasilevsky, bro. <laughs> like, maybe you want to take Vasilevsky or yeah, play it safe. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, no, Anderson. I'm like, and it cost us. <laughs> I mean, but I have a funny story. But it's just, it's, it's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. 
And they have a chance here. They, they, they have a chance here to shut us all up. And like, I know it's so easy to say, but guys, like, just take this opportunity and do it. And I think what sucks and like talking as a fan, again, funny how we were saying before, how we're, we consider ourselves pretty logical and mathematical. It's uh, during the, uh, during the whole COVID thing where, when the, uh, the hockey was on break, they were showing all the classic games. I'm sure everyone sat back and watched a few of those and they had the game seven blues and uh, red wings from 96 when Iserman came over the blue line and slapped home the top corner goal on John Casey and Iserman's going bananas. The crowd's going bananas. I can't imagine Red Wings fans watching from their couch. Of course they're going crazy. And I thought to myself watching that, I was like, I've never had that. Or it's been a heck of a long time. Like since I, I had that of like watching on my couch and the Leafs score like a crazy overtime goal or get the puck out, defend a lead to win a series and that like jump up. We haven't had that. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that feels, Lepore. I'm right there with you. And I was sitting on my couch, man, in for uh in game five after tying it, going into the overtime. And I would like you're telling yourself, or you're trying not to tell yourself, like. I'm going to get that moment. The moment is finally here. Yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to get that moment, a three goal comeback. And like that, that, and again, like add it to the chapter, add it to the list. And then again, last night, it's like, you're in that moment, the comeback, two late goals. How does that happen? Another one they brought up was it combined the NBA and the MLB teams being up three to one. That team wins, and I, I don't know if it's really fair to use the NBA because like there's big gaps in teams, but teams that win, teams that are up three to one, win ninety four percent of the time. I think it was, and that doesn't include favorites. And I, like I'd love to see that number of like how often the team that's favored to win the series that is up three to one and doesn't win the series. So if they don't, again, add it to the list. But this will be to me like. Even if the Leafs blew a three to one lead, say who if they blew a three to one lead to Tampa or Boston, like that sucks. Yeah, but but you're more like you can. It's easy. You get to it. Accept. Yeah, dude. Well, I'll say I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. Okay, random. I know. So I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, and we were out three to one in the World Series, and we blew it. We looked amazing in those first few games, and then we lost three straight to the Cubs, and we even had home field, and. I remember, of course, I was rattled. You're upset that you blew the three to one lead, but I just more looked at the, t- the totality of it that we lost because the Cubbies on paper were a way better team than the Indians. It just, you know, we got that luck or those numbers went our way for the first, the early games of the series to put us up three to one. So I could kind of get, like, I, I w- even at three to one, I was fearful, like, no, this Cub seems loaded. They can come back. We're the heavy favorite. Like, that's what makes this so unbelievable that, like, this is happening. And again, like I said, they have a chance to squash this. They have a chance to change the narrative. I'm interested to see, man, like you mentioned the betting thing. Like I'm picturing it now, like Toronto at home, again, on paper, like so much better, so much better than this Montreal Canadiens team. The series team. should be over. What's that line going to be in that game? Like you had to guess the line. It's going to be like minus 200 Toronto. Yeah, I think something like that. Minus 190, minus 200. I think the last game... 
I think this game six, I think it was, what was it like minus, I think it was minus 180. And think about, think, think about that. Like think how much credit Vegas is giving the Leafs and not giving Montreal. The game was in Montreal and the whole thing with fans, Montreal had a big win the game before. Like you never see that like in the playoffs, a minus 180 team on the road. Never, never. But Vegas like has no idea. Yeah, but it, it, exactly. Vegas is exactly they, they only go by numbers and they don't they're unaware of the gods, I guess. But yeah, it's 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 absolutely wild, man. Like I I just cannot believe this series is going to a game seven. Like, and just just thinking about all of the things that have happened, like game one, you have the John Tavares incident, and it was brutal. Listen, at the end of the day. You know, I've said this, Lapora said this. Tavares is out. That's $11 million of your $80 million salary cap. Like, that's a big deal. It matters. It's a big loss. And especially if the Leafs actually get through this series and advance further in the playoffs, not having John Tavares is going to matter. But in this series, there's no excuse. I don't give a shit that John Tavares is not here right now. I am not using that as an excuse, Lapore. Like, no, no, you can't. It, th- this team has proven to me that they can outplay the Habs. It doesn't yeah. matter. And you look at that overtime period, obviously the Jake Muzzin injury, and it looks like he's probably going to be out now. I haven't checked the latest update on him, but it looked like he pulled his groin. Yeah. Some I sort of lower lab- body I issue. tore my labrum years back, the way he moved, and he kind of, I'm like, that's a groin. Like, yeah. like you knew right away. Yeah. It, it just didn't look good. And then obviously Nick Felino, who is clearly still battling through an injury. He so doesn't injured. look great. So, so you think about that. No John Tavares, no Jake Muzzin, Nick Felino playing at what? 60% let's call it. And the Leafs utterly dominated that overtime period. So to me, and listen, I know that they got, they got dominated in the first period. It was a brutal start. But when the Leafs want to play their game, when they play the way that they're designed to play, all four lines attacking the possession, the aggressive offensive style, this Montreal Canadiens team just cannot hang with them. They can't. And at the end of the day, all it came down to was one mistake. And I feel like we have seen In both games. <laughs> both games. And that's hockey, right? That's hockey. At the end of the day, you make a mistake. And the other team can go the other way and make you pay and put it in the back of the net. And and that's what happened in these two overtime games. But for the Leaf fans out there that want to start making excuses about all these injuries, like, I get it. I get it. The Leafs, it's getting to a point now where they're getting thin. Like, Sandine's going to have to come back into the lineup, which honestly isn't, isn't like a horror scenario by any means. Because we've talked about Sandine this year. Like, he's a really good player. I know he had an absolutely awful game five with the giveaways and he just looked like he was overmatched physically, but for him to come back into the lineup, that by no means is a horror scenario here. Okay. I I'm not scared about Sandine coming back into this lineup, but for the Leaf fans out there that want to start making excuses about the injuries, if they were playing Boston, if they were playing Tampa, if they were playing an actual, like really good high end team, I'd say, you know what? Okay. With all these injuries, this, this is an issue now. Yeah, like, it's this tough is, to hang around. Like, yeah. we're, we're not going to get through, you know, all of this happening at once. But I'm sorry, and this is no disrespect to the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. This is a team that you have to beat. 
I'm sorry. Like, it's like you said, Lapore, the line has been drawn in the sand with Lee fans. It's gotten to the point now where it's like, if they lose this game seven, no one is going to give a flying fuck. No, what it's they not do even in the regular season from here on out. Like, I don't care how many Rocky Richards, Austin Matthews wins. I don't care if Mitch Marner wins a scoring title. I don't care if Morgan Riley wins the Norris trophy. Like I, I, I do not care. I don't care if the Leafs win the president's trophy. No one is going to care. None of that is going to matter until they can prove until this core specifically can prove that they can win a playoff series. Yeah. Like going into the series. Ask? You know, no, cause we're, we're all, we're all going to be there. But it was when, when the day after game one, someone asked me like how I felt about the series and I said, I put it at 50-50. I said, and they were shocked that I would say that. And I said, well, they already have one game and now we don't have Tavares. But, and then, not that I was trying to make preemptive excuses not having Tavares, but like we touched on last week, it was a big deal and we were already down one. So just basic math of we have to win four, they have to win three at this point. But as the series rolled on, like it showed that it didn't have the impact I thought it would. And I think if had this been like a normal series in the way of more of a back and forth, I may have put something on the Tavares thing, but no, you showed you could win three straight against Montreal and you thoroughly outplayed them in all those games. So you can't just decide to use it as an excuse now. Yeah. Like, that's not going to work. That's not going to, sorry guys. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be something, man. Like this game is so, so, so important. For yeah. like I said, for, for this team, for these fans, because it's it's gonna change a lot of fans. Can you? I, I said to someone last night, can you imagine? Like, what's Kyle Dubas thinking right now? And, and here's the thing, you know what, Laporte? I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about Kyle Dubas for a second because okay. I know that there's people out there that want to start blaming Dubas, no, and blaming Sheldon Keith. I'm sorry, no, this is not on Kyle Dubas. And you can you can look at Sheldon Keefe, and I know people have been frustrated with how he's used Joe Thornton and some of the other things they've done with the power play. At the end of the day, Joe Thornton is not playing a primary role. He's not out there, you know, playing 20 minutes a night. He's still playing in a bottom six role. I know he's on that first power play unit right now with Tavares out, and you can question that all you want. And I don't necessarily agree with that decision from Sheldon Keefe, but this is not on Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe. This is on the players. And when I look at, at Kyle Dubas sitting up in that press box, Laporte, he just looks like us at this point. Yeah. Like he is completely and utterly just stunned. He's yeah. like, I cannot, like, I, I'm just looking at him and he's got to be thinking, I cannot fucking believe that this team that I have assembled this year, the team that ripped through the regular season, the best Leafs team we've seen in a long time. I cannot believe that this is going seven games and that all these things are happening. Like he, he must just be flabbergasted at this point. Yeah. Those, uh, those like locker room clean out interviews or like when he always hit, he always does his pressure at the end of it. And at the end of a season that if they lose on Monday, that'll be an interesting talk because like, what are you going to say? Like then even too, he added at the deadline, yeah. like with all that, like they had a great season, and he made them stronger. Like he's got to be sitting there like, and again, maybe he's too young. Maybe he's unaware of all these ghosts that I talk about that fall into the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But 
it, it's funny because like in sports, like I said earlier, certain things can't be explained. They just happen. But with this, I don't, I can't think of like a greater example of this. Like, and again, like I, I don't follow teams. Like I follow the Toronto Maple Leafs, but just in quick memory of a team like this happening too. Cause again, it's not, if the Leafs were getting goalie, like I said earlier, okay, that's what it is. And, and you can point to that. This is just so many random in both individual and broad things that are building a mountain together. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's all happening at, at the worst possible time. And, and yeah, like even just going back to Kyle Dubas, like what else, what else could he have done? You know, for those out there, you know, wanting to just quickly play the blame game here with Dubis and throw him yeah. under the bus. Like, like what else could he have done with this roster? The only like, things you can point to are things that you could say, like, like people say, oh, this money should have been distributed here. This should, but yeah, but that's, the, we're not saying to win the cup guys. Like we're saying to like win around it, yeah. is, is what we're saying. Like, come on, no one could look at this roster and be like, this is a team that should go on a run. Again, debate all day long about how far and when or whatever. But even the biggest leaf hater in the world has to be like, man, this is a pretty good friggin' lineup. And this team can go is capable of going on a run. So yeah, it's yeah. almost it's gone to the point now where it's like nothing, like nothing even makes sense. Yeah, like nothing matters. It's, it's kind of like that, that's how I think a lot of Leafs Leafs fans feel like, into the point about like not caring about regular seasons and presence trophies and all that. It's like nothing matters. And that goes back to what I said before about apathy. Like nothing's gonna matter to me. Nothing. Because it, I'll just have this like cloud of like shit's gonna hit the fan and, and everything's gonna come crumbling down and it's just this curse that we've been given for whatever reason that each and any story anyone has on why they're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan uh, I, I guess is is how I see it and how I would put it yeah and it, you know what and like we talked about Lepore you know as bad as it is right now and as scared as Leaf fans are and as scarred as we all are at the end of the day, they have an opportunity to squash this narrative forever. If they can find a way, and listen, they are now on home ice, everybody. <laughs> this game seven is on home ice. This wasn't the Bruins series, you know, facing a really good Bruins team. Both of those years were essentially, you know, they were an elite team. One of those years, Boston got to the cup final. I'm talking about just in the Matthews era. Obviously, that 2013 Bruins team got to the cup final as well. But, you know, that, that, that was a tough spot for the Leafs. Facing those yeah. Bruins teams in 2018 and 2019 on the road in Boston, that's a tough spot, man. Uh, you know, with, with a young Leafs team that's still finding their way as, as talented as they were on paper. But this, it, it's now, it's there for the taking. You're the better team. You're the favorite. You have more depth. You have more talent. You're on home ice. You can squash all of these narratives it's right there. It's right there. And all they have to do is show up for one night. Just show up for one night and win this series. Because we talked about this on the last show, Lapore, or it may have been a couple shows ago. And I said that this first round series against Montreal will probably be the most pressure-packed series that the Leafs play the entire playoffs. And now, they, they this might be the only series they play in the playoffs at this <laughs> point. But... I just thought about it. Like we all know about the narrative, right? The first round choke artists, the Leafs always find a way to lose. 
this there's so much pressure on just winning this first series. I think if they can just find a way to dig deep and win this game seven, they are going to play with more freedom and confidence. And, and I, I really think it's going to be a huge, huge monkey off their back Lapore. Like I really do. Like if they find a way to win this game seven and roll into, into round two, I think we're going to finally see that Leafs team. There we go. <laughs> basically throughout the entire season and through the first four games against Montreal. I really do. It's, it's hard for me to, I'll say it, it's hard for me to believe in them right now going like to those levels, but because they got, they got to show me, but I'd like to even like list games, man, like where this falls in terms of like the history of the franchise. Like most, like I'm not going to say it's like the most important game in the history of the franchise, but it's up there. It's, it's definitely up there. It will be the most disappointing collapse or loss or however people want to spin it maybe ever for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, cause I mean, going back to, I mean, in the pre uh, in the original six era, they were a really good team. And then in the seventies and seventies, they were a good team. Not like not a great team. In the eighties, they were a bad team. And then the nineties, I mean, devastating loss to the Kings in 93 in game seven, but like, that's probably number one. And this is probably just because the fact that they were game away from the Stanley cup final, but in terms of like pure, you know, I'll use the word embarrassment. Like this, this is embarrassing. Like this is like, that thing of when you get chirped, you have no comeback. And quite often, I think torture and bad things happening to your team kind of serve as a badge of honor. Because I've kind of joked around with people, like, what's the fun in cheering for a really good team? It's like when someone's like, oh, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm like, oh, that's not fun. Like, <laughs> like you win a championship, what do you do? You just crack open a beer and say, woo, another one? Or if you grew up a Red Wings fan, like, they just – were so good all the time and they were in the playoffs going deep every year. But I don't think Leafs fans will use this one that way. Like, I think we've kind of always had that pride and I'll say it like people would always say like, Oh, Leafs fans. I'd be like, what about Leafs fans? What? Like, look, there's teams that don't fill buildings. The teams where like profits go down, TV contracts change. Leafs fans haven't flinched after everything we've been through. And I've always been kind of proud of that. Like, don't question the fandom of the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base. Oh, Lapore, I'm so happy you brought this up because nothing drives me more nuts than hearing about a Patriots fan who, you know, is is between the ages of like 25 and 35 or 25 and 40 telling me you're a Patriots fan or you're a Red Wings fan or a Colorado Avalanche fan. Like, Leaf fan, that's why Leaf fans, Lapore. I have so much respect for every Leaf fan out there. Because it and, sucks. And honestly, like, shout out to every single Leaf fan out there because you have been through all the bullshit over the years. It takes and like a Lepore lot. just said, you have not flinched. And I think that's very important. If you're, especially if you're from the GTA, if you're from Toronto, if you've been cheering for this team since you were a kid and you have not flipped, you've not gone to another team just because they're winning, shout out to you. I think that's really important because there's a lot of people that'll just say, F this, I'm going to cheer for a winning franchise. I'm going to go cheer for the Chicago Blackhawks or the LA Kings. Leaf fans, no. 
They're 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 a special breed, Lapore. We're we're especially dumb. <laughs> is this the way to put that it? That too. You you can say that too. That's but true. like this That's this whole fair. thing, this whole thing with my rant is like like I was getting to like the badge of honor of like things you've been through. Like I think this almost kind of like crosses the line. Cause like, yeah, like I'm still here and we were close. Like, no, this is just like this is humiliation. Like a, a loss on Monday is pure, like like all the jokes you hear, and again, like it's it's I, I've always said it's harder for me being a Leafs fan not in Toronto like to the point you made about like living in the GTA because it's easy for you guys because you guys you're all surrounded by other Leafs fans when you go to a game it's only Leafs fans I'm surrounded by Senators fans and even being in Ottawa so close to Montreal and even with the history of the Montreal Canadiens franchise only like and the Sens aren't that old there's a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans in this city so as a Leafs fan like you go to war with people like when you go to games on the streets like talking chirping whatever you got to man up as a Leafs fan and if they lose this game on Monday I will it will change me because like the chirp the whatever okay like it will be different like it it will be different like I'll have no comeback like yeah, the, the, we're, that, we're just that, that's how well put it. Point. It's yeah, like, it's like almost it's like it sounds defeatist, but what, uh, like even though like how I said before, oh Leafs can't get past the first round. I was defended with like, yeah, well it's Boston. No, now what do I say? We're yeah, playing a team that should nothing you can say in this situation. We're playing a team that you could argue if we had a typical regular season wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah, you could argue this was the worst team that made the playoffs this season. Oh, for sure you could. Yeah, for sure you could. Like if you rank them one through sixteen, I, I think the Montreal Canadiens are probably the worst team. I really do. Yeah. I mean, because even like you think about like the the Blues being the four seed in the West Division, getting steamrolled by Colorado. At the end of the day, like it's St. Louis. They just won the Cup a couple of years ago. Yeah. They got some. They got some really good players on that roster: Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Bennington, and Net. You know, like they they got some players, man. And well, to simplify it, everyone was chirping the Canadian division all year. Well, the Habs finished fourth in the Canadian division. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like I, I would just I would just sum it up that way. Like this so. is this Habs team, man. Like I I know you know Tyler Toffoli had a good year and Jeff Petrie had a nice season, but the end of at the end of the day, this team when you look at it, it's just not very good. And and like you said, Lapore, for the Leafs to lose in this spot in the first round would be a complete embarrassment. There is no excuse for it. It would be a complete and utter disaster. Yeah. And I'm going to say it, man. And like people may throw shit at me for this one. And this, again, this is not me making it, making excuses. I give zero credit to Montreal. Zero. And if a Canadians fan would come firing at me, I'd say it's not hard to beat a team that's cursed. It would kind of be my comeback. Like, we can't get out of our own way. It's not hard. What have you done? You showed up. The Buffalo Sabres could have showed up and beaten us. My nephew's uh, uh, novice double-A team could have shown up and beat the Leafs like the way things are going because there'd be a three-way collision in the warm-up that would happen and we'd be finished and the Marlies be, we, would be getting put in the lineup or something crazy would happen. And I'm just – they can't get out of their own way it is the sums it up. And – Hopefully our podcast on Tuesday is a happy one. <laughs> and we're like, remember when we were all negative, but yeah, it, it, this whole thing is just so I started the podcast like this and I think we're kind of getting to the end of it. Now I'll finish it like this. 
open quote, the Toronto Maple Leafs, close quote. That's it. It's yeah, our life. There's, there's really nothing else. We signed up for you. Signed up for it. I, I was telling my wife last night, I'm like, I feel bad for my nephew. That like, I signed him up for this for his entire life now. Because. Yeah, I, I, I guess I got to blame my father for making me a Leaf fan because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he's the one that started all this. Yeah, I got to have a talk with him. Yeah, my father this came from just... uh, Southern Italy on a boat, so he didn't know he didn't know <laughs> hockey too well. So, oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into, Lapore, with I this know. hockey team? Like, I, I I was on the podcast last week, and I said there is a better chance of an asteroid hitting I remember Earth that. than the Montreal Canadiens beating the Toronto Maple Leafs three times in a row. And now it might actually happen. Again, so your bunkers, I, I don't know everyone. if an asteroid is on its way to hit our planet. I have, I have no idea. The universe seems all screwed up right now. But also in a weird, crazy way, the universe is not screwed up because the Leafs are just doing what they yeah, do. Yeah, par for the course. <laughs> yeah, this is so. par for the course with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So as we wrap up this podcast, Leaf fans, it's an emotional time. It really is. I'm sure a lot of people were just sitting there on their couches last night, just kind of staring into the abyss. And, you know, there were people that were probably really bad and swearing and all pissed off. But I think a lot of people were also just sort of sitting there, literally staring into the abyss, thinking it's actually happening again. Mm -hmm. And I am just numb to the pain. I have all these scars. And this is it. This is life as a Leaf fan. We are just we are just used to feeling pain and pain and more pain and even more pain. But saying all that, the Leafs have an opportunity on Monday night in game seven on home ice to just completely wash away all of the crap that has happened over the last little while, a chance to finally take the bull by the horns and win a game seven and prove to everyone, prove to themselves, prove to Leaf fans, prove to the NHL that this team can actually get through adversity when it matters and win a playoff series. So I can't wait, Lapore. It's going to be awesome. And it's it's going to be a very emotional yeah, game. I, seven. I don't know how I'm going to go. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to go into it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel in the morning watching it. I remember, and just dawned on my head, I remember hearing Chris Johnson in an interview, and he said, I think it was the discussion was who's going to be the captain, and he said that Austin Matthews wants to be Kobe Bryant. That was Chris Johnson's quote. Let's see it, 34. Let's see it, Austin. And and I think that's the perfect way to, to end this thing off. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. You're the star players here. Star players in big games come through. It's as simple as that. They come through. They have big-time performances when their team season is on the line. If you want to be that player, if you want to be known in Toronto for the rest of your life as a player that came through when it mattered, then this Game 7 is everything for those two star players. Yeah, No more excuses. They need to come through for this team. And, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait, Lapore, for Monday yeah. night. It's going to be awesome. I, to your point, like I, what you just said, I was thinking, I'd like to look them right in the eye and say, how do you want to be remembered? 
because nothing else will matter. Like almost, it's almost kind of sad in a weird way too. Like this, Austin Matthews had a historical season for the rest of our lives. And even for the rest of his life. Yeah. But for that season. Yeah. No, Gross, no one's, no one's going to care. No one cares on Monday and night. We'll, we'll almost look at it as kind of like a cringe. Yeah. Because like, there's going to be the NHL awards when he's up there with the statue and whatever like, oh. the statue, the trophy. It'll be every time I see that image, I'll feel gross. Yeah. Be like, <laughs> yeah, way to go, Austin. And that, it's not even a matter of like shitting on him. Just like it, it'll serve as the reminder. And we'll just constantly get reminded by every other fan base. And not that that really matters, but hey, it's fans. We chirp. It's fun. It's why we're fans. It's supposed to be fun. But yeah, but we'll be the rest. Yeah the rest of his life so and, and that's it Leafs you have it the moment is there you're the better team on home ice get the job done just one time make us happy just once just <laughs> one time give, give us that give us that moment just once that that's all we're asking for it, it's it's gone to the point now that if the Leafs win this first round series against a 24 win Montreal Canadiens team it is going to feel like winning the Stanley Cup. How bad is that? It really yeah. is. As sad as that sounds, it's going to feel like winning the Stanley Cup. But that is going to do it for episode 21 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast. I can't believe like, we made the whole show without crying. <laughs> well, Maybe we'll we, save that for Tuesday. Tears, there might be tears on our next show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, that is going to do it, everybody. And we will be back with another show after game seven, at some point, we'll probably drop the episode on, on Tuesday because we're going to have to talk about it regardless because <laughs> this is, this is jam packed, man. There's emotions flowing left, right, and center. This is, this is it for all Leaf fans, man. This is, this is so huge. So, so stay tuned for that next episode, but that's going to do it for this one. And once again, if you are a new listener, we would really appreciate it if you go to Apple and give us a five-star rating and review. And if you're watching on YouTube, it would be a big-time help. You have no idea how much this helps. If you just smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and then, of course, ring that notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is dropping some new content. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno. Happy Game 7, everybody. And we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone.